John, which part that you fell asleep to is your favorite? Oh my god, what have I done? Eggs Benedict Cumberbatch. Who the fuck is singing? Yeah, again, I don't know why I'm defending any of this. Okay, so I was right. Suck it, Zach. Love I it. will I fucking end you. <laughs> oh no, and this is the crazy thing about balls. Like, the more... The more <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to... Technically, 2018's last episode, even though it's coming out in 2019. Um, it's coming out very early in 2019, hopefully. I hopefully turn this around this week. And that is our 2018 time capsule episode, which is the second iteration of this episode of the podcast. It also means we're a little bit more than a year old. We are. Um, so we did thanks. it. Yay. Thanks. Congratulations, team. Wait, did everyone else just like do a fist pump right then? Was it just me? Yeah, the Kenneth Parcells <laughs> fist pump. That was that I was did the one a, I did. I did an affirming nod. The concept of this episode is instead of creating some giant ass list, which we have, well, which I create a giant ass list for movies come Oscar time for the twenty eighteen, the previous year. Um, we have lists on the website by both Ben and John covering and Grant, who's not on this podcast but once, um, who covering music and games and movies already. And yeah, instead of a big giant list, we're each going to pick one thing that we would throw into the 2018 and time music. capsule. I think you forgot music too. Hmm? I didn't and say music. music. Oh, yeah. There's music. It can be literally anything is the rule we came up with. Um, we were daring Ben to maybe pick a meme, and maybe he will. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go first, but I will say I had a harder time coming up with things this year. Zach, and I don't know if that's... Also- want to remind them of our predictions from last year when we did this episode. I was, I, I was gonna get to that oh, sorry always oh, stepping on toes um but i wonder if my hesitation to pick or come up with something was because this year is a weaker year or last year i mean last year was such a slam dunk for me um maybe that's it does anybody have any general thoughts on how they felt picking their pick for this year I mean, I just know that I didn't consume a lot of stuff this year, so that gave me Mm -hmm. a lot of issues. So it felt like everything, (laughs) I mean, a lot of the picks that I kind of thought about were still good ones. I did consume some high quality content this year, but it was like, I felt like everything was like, well, this is something I'll pick because I didn't see all these other things. It basically felt like John making a list of his top 10 movies at one time or whatever it was. It's like, I saw seven movies this year. They're all my favorite for this top 10 list. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> power rangers yes, power rangers, yes, power rangers. Um, <laughs> wait was that my actual list or no, we no. About that I, I don't remember if it was an actual list or not no but we used to give you I a think hard the, time it was like our very first episode i think i remember um for yeah i mean i didn't pick a movie again slight spoiler but which you would think i would because that's what i watched the most of but i i don't know like i think part of the reason why I just feel like a, a movie, and I think it's because I've been reflective, getting ready to maybe do this decade best stuff this coming year. That just how like we've talked a bit this about this a bit in the Snacticky episode. How just like in five years, the movies I think now I'm ranking X are it's going to be some other movie 
from the year and I don't want to feel silly. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Anybody else? Or you guys want to get to it? Um, I, in terms of, I, I, Lauren already said it, but in terms of movies, I didn't put out uh, my list, but I did feel like a lot of the movies that I liked this year were ones that we watched for the podcast and for the website. So I definitely, I know that makes me want, now that's not to take anything away from any of these movies. I think they're all still awesome and some of the best of the year, but, uh, it definitely makes me want to make sure I go out and venture out on my own and a, a little bit of the same for music, except I think I was a little bit more diverse there, which I think I appreciate. Um, yeah, I think movies wise, I was looking through my letterbox like star ratings as like I think mm-hmm. of this year there were maybe two movies that I actually really liked of the stuff I've seen. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I need to get out more, <laughs> rent something at least. <laughs> um, yeah, I, would, I feel you guys on that. And I, but I think also, go ahead, Ben. Sorry, I saw quite a few films this year. Actually, I bumped up from last year. Yeah, didn't you say you saw like a hundred? Yeah, my my count according to Letterbox is 128 new releases in 2018, and honestly, I still think 2017 was just a little bit of a better year. Like, I I enjoyed a lot of stuff, but even my number one of the year, Mandy, uh, I'd put that behind both of my top two from last year. Okay, so we didn't pick Mandy for yeah, this year. I, Got it. <laughs> I think. I think. <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you, Ben, in that a little bit because, not to digress into a giant movie discussion, but um, I think last year I had a couple movies that really jumped up for me after I got to rewatch them a second time, and I've actually thought about cheating a little bit because I had not seen Phantom Thread at the time um, <laughs> that we recorded this last time year, and so it's technically a 2018 movie, and I almost pick that because i think phantom thread is probably my favorite movie i've seen in 2018 but it won't count on my like it made my 2017 year in review thing because i wait so long to write that but um for this time capsule purposes i did kind of consider it yeah i saw jaws this year so i was kind of considering it yeah yeah you could do jaws yeah there you go um and there's no rules. It doesn't have to be something new, I guess, does it? I, I mean, mine um, is kind of, like, you'll understand when I get to it, but mine's kind of, like, old and new. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Um, well, before we dive in head first, I told these guys I thought it was funny looking back at what we predicted last year, which we'll do again. Um, it was funny in two ways. Funny or sad? One is because... <laughs> both. <laughs> sad for Lauren, for sure. Because Ben and Lauren both predicted um, Last of Us 2 would have been their pick. I'm still sad about that. Um, and it's sad. <laughs> it's not, well, it's not sad. It's It just hasn't come out, which is kind of sad. It still doesn't it's still sad coming. that we haven't gotten There's... to experience it yet, but like, I don't ever really mind when video games get pushed back. Cause generally, it means it's getting no, worked no, on and perfected. No, never at all. <laughs> Is that the yes, way I should that feel is about usually Final the case. Fantasy VII? I, I, you should just stop thinking about that in <laughs> yeah, general. Yeah, like, but, um, mind wipe yourself. <laughs> oh, oh, God. But I think I think Ben's... Ben kind of generalized that the PS exclusive slate in general could be would be his pick. 
uh, including Last of Us 2. I mentioned God of War yeah. and Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ben was actually pretty close. Um, Isle of Dogs is definitely in my top five movies of the year. That was my pick. Um, predict Self-prediction. So I think I got it the closest. I think a lot of us mentioned w- Avengers. And I haven't yes, even been Lauren willing to very, go back to watch that a second excited. time. So. <laughs> If we're, you were very excited for Infinity War, and um, yeah, sad face <laughs> for that. The, John also I, jumped on the Marvel bandwagon with Black Panther and Infinity War as his potential picks as well. There's a lot of Infinity War love. I, I think Ben was on it too. If I could plug that episode too, I think I was re as I was flying yesterday, I was re-listening to it, and one of the funniest parts was uh, at the very beginning, us just periodically interrupting Zach and like doing his introduction job. It's probably like one of the funniest moments on the podcast so far, because you got at one point you're like, "I'm done, you guys do." I mean, it. you it, pretty much know. just recreated that by interrupting Zach. Exactly. That's why. That's, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> This is a throwback. Comedy is cyclical. Any other random thoughts before we jump into our pick? I mean, my dog's trying to get me to feed her dinner. That's a random thought. Okay. <laughs> so I, it was a great year for music. Check out my top ten list. Um, I am not choosing a piece of music, though, which oh, I chose last year. Oh, look at that. Lauren called it. I am choosing a grade written and directed by oh. Bo Burnham. Um, I um, think partially pause, because... Yeah, pause. Has everybody seen this? Lauren, you haven't? No. Okay. John, <laughs> okay ben so has, I, though, right? I have, yes. Okay. Zach, have you? It's n- Yes. I, it's not a very spoilable movie, but... Well, because I think one thing that's weird about it is the conflict and the, the tension in the movie isn't... It isn't a direct, like, plot thing. Like, it, there isn't, like, there's, like, two characters, and there's a protagonist and an antagonist, and they're, like, how is their conflict going to resolve? It's just... It's more of a kind of internal conflict um so no, that it's crazy way, sorry sorry to break your flow ahead, is fine. that lauren <laughs> i would love to hear lauren's perspective on this movie <laughs> being a girl who went through eighth grade hopefully no i was way too smart i skipped all the grades <laughs> <laughs> she doogie hazard that shit mm-hmm. um yeah go ahead though john yeah it's got a very naturalistic feel and tone to it at the end of that movie i felt like so completely fulfilled he gives an incredible commentary on social media, especially how it creates this culture of performance for the younger generation. I mean, he's talked about that in general, but the way he puts that within the lens of through an eighth grade girl is so powerful and so meaningful. I found it more and- matter of fact than cr- critical or or analytical. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I'm. I think. I think I'm, you can. I disagree. I, I'm just curious. I do you think it was I, being critical or or just kind of showing it? I think it was showing it for sure. But I think all of the characters involved in this film who embraced it a lot more than say maybe the main character uh, Kayla, who's played by Elsie Fisher, who is America's sweetheart. Like she's incredible <laughs> in this film. Um, like there's there's a sense of like a lot of these characters you don't really uh, and you don't like you kind of despise you think they're total bitches and then you're like wait these are eighth graders why do I feel why do I feel so powerfully negative about eighth grade people um because middle school literal sucked. children <laughs> yeah no for sure um 
So yeah, no, I I would disagree in which I would say that I think yeah, it's a reality, but I'm not sure if he's saying that. Well, this reality is just how it is now. I think he's saying no. This is, if anything, the kind of the conflict and the tension that it puts on the main character. He's not saying is a good thing, and yeah, they they find their resolution out of it for sure in some incredibly emotional, incredibly powerful moments, but. That still doesn't... I don't think he's trying to justify it or trying to say, like, well, that's just how it is now. I think he's still aiming a critical lens at it. And I think that's partly also because he has he has that perspective in his stand-up as well. All that to say, like, all the, like, mumbo-jumbo about, like, the meaning and that kind of thing. It's fucking hilarious, too. I'm not sure if this is spoilery, but there's a pool party scene. And there's... The way, the way one of the characters is introduced in that scene is absolutely hilarious and Elsie Fisher knocks that scene out of the park so yeah it's an overall like just heartwarming film while again being a realistic look at kind of how social media has not just affected us maybe but then affected the younger generation and lastly I have to give a shout out fuck I was supposed to look up his name uh the dad yeah he was was great too oh my gosh so like I mean, he played the stereotypes of, like, whatever, uh, a, like, a dorky dad would be. I would like, not but say he, he's a stereotypical dad at all in the movie. He seems very well, authentic to me. But the authenticity, like you're saying, yeah, the authenticity is, like, put on high. Like, he's so lovable and so approachable, and he did an incredible job. So, yeah, I, I, wrote, a, I wrote a review for it. Um, it's my number one film of the year. It's a, And it's the only film that we didn't have to see for the podcast that... I, pre- I think I saw this year, unfortunately. <laughs> but again, I had so such high expectations for it, and it met all of them. I think it, I, it might be, I in my opinion, I think it might be a classic, and I think it might be one that I kind of cherish and hold on to for a while. I would, I would also say that it, it is heartwarming, but it also, I don't think any other movie has managed that incredibly awkward feel of like being a preteen in a in a school setting just like that that overwhelming just bizarreness to it all and like you don't you just feel uncomfortable in your own skin kind of and i think this movie nails that like it wonder why he chose a female over a male lead i think he's disgusted um in that he just the girls are more interesting i mean dudes at that age obviously but yeah i mean that was it basically (laughs) he was like the inner the inner feelings of a boy at that age are not interesting at all. Uh, was basically his yeah. argument. Well, That's- if I do watch it, I'll talk about how genuine these feelings are. No, <laughs> just kidding. And there's there's such a range of emotion too, from awkwardness to like triumphness or excite excitement uh, with some parts of it, um, to some some incredibly heartbreaking. Yeah, I don't know. If there's not a scene about her being afraid she bled through her pants, I don't believe the movie at all. I don't know if it has a period thing in it, does it? What? I don't think I can't so. That's all about middle school, guys. This, for, the, for the most part, this, this film is also like... I know when we talked about it a while ago on the podcast, I remember, Zach, you were talking about how... Speaking of blood of in the, the bathroom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, a lot of the raunchiness or a lot of the, like, language being used by the kids, like, you found, like, like too much or over the top. There's, I didn't feel like there was a lot of that here, too. So, um, 
family no, friendly. I, th- I thought maybe. I thought it was in it was effective in this. Yeah, I did, it felt authentic in this movie. Um, yeah, um, I wonder if I felt a little bit of distant. I, I've I've wanted to rewatch it, and I actually bought it. It was like ten dollars on Amazon, so I finally because I, I did enjoy this movie, but I, I felt a little distance from it. And again, I don't know if it's just the the female perspective experience of it or if it's because i definitely the thing i remember most is the dad but like seeing it pop up in clips and things here and there uh elsie fisher's performance really makes me laugh every time i see a clip from it so i look forward to watching the movie again to just kind of watch her as a a, a technical performance kind of thing but i also wonder you were saying like though and ben was touching on like the feeling of connecting like worrying about how other people think or how you feel and da 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 and i think maybe i was at a bit of a distance because i really don't care what other people think um very much and I, I, more maybe... and more we get clues that zach is a psychopath <laughs> um, i mean at least a sociopath yeah so yeah <laughs> sorry i don't know the terms um but i i just it made me think maybe that's why i i never if i i think back about school i mean sure i'm sure i had that feeling from time to time but i never i never when i think back of my school years that's not a feeling i ever remember really worrying about yeah i had a bad time in middle school with friendship so i don't know if i want to watch this movie (laughs) i did Um, i had a rough middle school as well and but i think this movie just it's worth seeing more like yeah i don't know what it is i've just Coming of age stories Amazon never Prime, work well way. with me for some reason. Like Ladyberg didn't hit that close home, no, or like it, I didn't so care about good. that one that much. The one I with think, um, yeah. Haley like Stein. What's her name? Stein. I never. I can never say her last name. Haley. Yeah, no, that one. Whatever that's it was. The, that's the the body That's the Zac Efron one. one. No, yeah, <laughs> um, edge of seven. Edge of seventeen. Yeah, that yeah. one. It was like they always just. I don't know what it is. They don't affect me that much. I guess. I did. I would say give this one a chance just because I think this one's like a different. Like it's it just feels different. Yeah, it's not really a coming of age film. movie in the way that those other movies are. I would say it's um, it's kind of its own thing. It, it's really it's more observational than it is like. I mean, the girl. There's a definitely an arc for her character, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm in, intrigued to hear Lauren's thoughts one of these days. Gucci, Ben, you go. Uh, so you guys kind of all called this a while back uh yeah i don't know how we thought that would be what you're choosing <laughs> i i let me start by mentioning when we when we did our, our podcast our episode last year our time capsule zach kind of mentioned like his breath of the wild experience is just he hadn't had that much fun in a game in a long long time um and I kind of had that moment for myself this year. Even with our, like, we had God of War, which is a phenomenal game. Like, a masterpiece. I said masterpiece in my review. We had Spider-Man. Uh, Red Dead 2, I assume, is amazing. But You I, don't have to reference things you didn't okay. participate in. <laughs> but I'm just saying this was a fantastic year for gaming in general. I, I, I honestly don't remember the last time I had such consistent fun playing one game as I have with Super Smash Brothers uh, Ultimate. It's, it's yeah, the bare bones of the game are very similar to the others, but everything in this game just feels so 
the attention to detail and the amount of love that was put into this game, the, the insane roster of like 70 plus characters, over a hundred stages, hours of music, and even the collectibles, which both serve as like little buffs for your characters and characters from, you know, all of Nintendo's properties. It just, it's this like, it's like a museum of, of Nintendo's greatest achievements just their, their their long long history and it just is all kind of come at a head come to a head in in this game it, it just it's it's really cool to see how far not only smash brothers but nintendo and gaming as a whole has come and i think ultimate is the best sign of that that we've had in a long time especially this year you made a convincing case i was ready to argue with you a lot even though i've never i have not played the game <laughs> You can't argue if you haven't played it. Well, well, no, I. I you do that arguing. all the time, Ben. <laughs> no, to be fair, I played a little bit of Breath of the Wild, a little bit. You played like an hour. Not Does argue not with you about the game itself, but the in the freshness of it, I guess, and the originality of it. Um, that's the thing, and I will say that's the thing that bothers me the most about your favorite games of the year too, and that their remakes are re treads of similar characters kind of thing um and, and that's you i understand i'm not saying that's a bad thing and i understand the experiences themselves are well-made games in general but i think that just it just speaks to we're both looking for ingrid i picked a zelda game but it was it last year but it quite revolutionized the the series quite frustrated some of us (laughs) it doesn't seem like smash brothers did but i the angle that you the argument you made for it i think is a good argument in that it's the culmination of something it's the the perfection of it and the sheer amount of content in it i think that that's going to be the standard for big fighting games like that now it's it's arcade or not arcade it's it's adventure mode they don't say story because it really isn't a story it's just kind of a reason for all this stuff to happen it's each fight is different um and it sets up uh it's a little longer than it probably should be but the last hour of it is so just unbelievably bonkers and it allowed it allowed me personally there was something I'd wanted to do since the original Smash Brothers. I, I'm not going to say it here because it's kind of a spoiler. But it, it's something I'd been dying. Like, I'd always kind of like this pipe dream of it happening, and it did. And it, it just kind of felt like uh, the guys behind this just were listening to their fans all the time. And that's why, like, the, the, the characters, the new characters they've announced... Um, not including the leak roster, but I'm just talking about the, the newer characters who they put into the game, like Ridley and the, the guys from Castlevania, Ken from Street Fighter. These are all characters that are, have been, fans have been like clamoring for them for a long, long time. Hey, if they would put Banjo-Kazooie in this game, I would buy it. Now, that's what I'm thinking, Zach. I think they're saving them for last because I they... they, they this game has so far delivered on everything people have been asking for, and I feel like it, it would be remiss not to include Banjo or, um, what's his name? Uh, there's like some Super Mario RPG character that people have been dying to play as, so hopefully he gets mm. announced as well. I think they're saving them for like the final DLC package. 
Do you feel like you cheated your experience at all by um, doing a workaround to unlock all the characters instead of the way they were supposed to be unlocked? Uh, so there is well, no... What's this controversy? I don't know about this. There's, it's not really a workaround, and I only did it for a little bit, but um, it's... It's a workaround. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, you... It's basically just losing a match, unlocking a character, closing the game, reopening it, losing the match, getting a character, and just doing that over and over. My plan my plan was originally to do it just until Cloud unlocked, and he was the second to last character. Uh, <laughs> but you just said you barely did it at all. I know, because I stopped. That's like a full, no, no, I there's stopped. like 90-something characters. There's 70, meant there's to 70 do it at characters. All. I did it for like the first eight or nine, and then on the last... Probably five or six, I did it again. I was just like, mm-hmm. fuck it, I want Cloud. But I don't think it ruined the experience for me, because now I can just run through every classic mode. I can run through the, the setups they have. They have, like, the 100-man brawl, which I just beat yesterday. It's like 100 different computers just keep dropping down, so you have to beat them as quickly as you can. There's the All-Star, which is every fighter in the game pops down, you have to beat them. And now I get to do that with everybody. And I don't have to worry about unlocking anything else. I just have that out of the way. And now I get into the really nitty gritty of it all. Would you say you're good at Smash Brothers? I'd say I'm fine. I would not say okay. I'm good. No, no. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's that, that you can have this much entertainment and not consider yourself great at the game is well, that's, something about it. But that's, and that's, yeah, it's because Smash is, it, it's, it, it works as a hardcore fighting game. Arguably the latter two, the previous two ones, the Wii U one and, um, all we're not great for that so it's good that it's come back for melee to do that but it also works as just kind of like a really easy to pick up party game yeah if you really want to get good you have to nail this timing you have to know the ins and outs of each specific character but you can also be kind of okay just you know i like this character i know their moves i can kind of handle myself i can see myself playing this for a long long time anytime i have friends over we'll probably jump onto this and you know, if it's my friend John, he'll kick my ass. If it's others, I'll probably stand a chance. Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah, not you, not you, John. But he doesn't consider you a friend, John. No, you're more of a, <laughs> oh. a social acquaintance. Oh God, <laughs> that that hurts, especially after my last Facebook post, for, which I'll just let you guys. That's for cutting into my Smash Bros. announcement. Oh, did you dick. get deep on Facebook? <laughs> He's emo. What would you expect? Um, People, I hate deep I Facebook had, posts. I, I, it wasn't no. It wasn't deep. It was facetious and self-deprecating. Uh, ben, I did have two serious questions. So, so mostly fe- true. Yeah. Um, do you think this is a good end to? I don't know the actual creator's name. I forget. But um, do you think this is the end to the Smash Bros. like line? Do you think this is the final, the absolute oh. final one? So, no. There's so, so much more milk in this cow. There. There. So. They have said it is, although they've said the last, I believe the last two were also the last. Although this is the only one where I feel like if it was the, the ending, I'd kind of be okay with it because it, it just, it, it, it's everything I've ever really wanted. Like, I I don't know what they could do to the next Smash Brothers to make it. The 4K version with some new characters. I'm not, like, <laughs> I don't really care about the, the visuals. Yeah, more characters would be awesome. Oh, did you say new? I thought you said nude. No, (laughs) no, new characters. Not it's like yeah, bring in those nude characters to Smash Bros. Dead or alive beach volleyball. Samus zero suit, literally zero suit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, let's put a bow on yeah. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, I can go now because mine's not that great. Okay. I mean, it is for me, but no one else is going to be able to talk about it. So, um, I chose. Well, when I was, like I said earlier, I didn't consume a lot of content this year, different content, because I spent most of my free time watching Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Um, which. Why it works that I can pick it this year is that Campaign 2 started this year. So it's a 2018 oh. thing. Did they finish it? No. They're, okay. I think they have 46 episodes out right now. But the first campaign went to 215 episodes, I think. Jesus I Christ. And that's considering they played at home for like a year or two before they started recording. Can you but, can you briefly describe what Critical Role is before people who don't know what it is? It is basically just, it's Dungeons and Dragons, bunch Mm. of, like, six players. Usually they have a seventh that comes in from time to time, because unfortunately she's on, well, not unfortunately, but it's unfortunate for Critical Role. She's on um, Blind Spot, so she can't be there all the time, unfortunately. But it's just a game of Dungeons and Dragons, and that sounds lame, I'm sure, to a lot of people, but, like, the reason I started watching it was just because it's... Like, a big part of culture in a lot of things I watch and friends I know, but I knew nothing about Dungeons and Dragons and how it was played. And so I just decided to watch this one day and see how it works. And basically, this is, I would imagine, like, top-tier experience of what Dungeons and Dragons could be. Because Matthew Mercer, he's the DM, and, like, he's got to be one of the most genius people out there, just creatively speaking. Because it's just a bunch of voice actors but the best way I can describe Dungeons and Dragons is just like the longest form of improv, basically, because they have to create the story. Like, I mean, he can create a frame, like a framework for it to an extent, but like the people who are playing create the story as it goes, and some of it's determined by dice rolls, and some of it's just. But like, it's unfathomable how creative some of these people are. It's like it's ridiculous, and I just. And, like, it's hard to sell it to people who don't care about Dungeons & Dragons at all. But, like, honestly, if you've ever wondered anything about it, Like, I don't think I'm ever going to play the game on my own, actually. I'm not going to go out. But I love watching it so much. It's the one thing that I get upset about not seeing live if I miss it. And, like, I can't say that for <laughs> any other TV show, basically. Yeah, I just recommend it to everyone. You just caught up to the show's live. Yeah, I caught right? up, yeah. like, a month or two ago, I guess. Yeah. yeah it, like, the people who are on it probably haven't heard of but you've probably heard them in video games like i tell this i've talked about it with ben a lot laura bailey's one of the actresses and she's been in pretty much every video game you can think of yeah i'm looking it's at ridiculous like, yeah travis willingham i've seen him liam o'brien is like fantastic yeah mm-hmm. there those that's a lot do they of really do voices actors. as their characters yeah they do yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, they really get into it. I know for a lot of people who play it with friends, it might not go to this extent, which is why I say I don't know if I'd ever want to play it, just because it's not going to be the same experience as watching this. Because it's like basically cinematic. Is they The world building is crazy. Everyone's invested. The, char- like, the character building's ridiculous. And it's just, half the time it's just off the cuff. Do they streamline it so you're not seeing every little detail being put in? Or do they really... They- dive really deep it's it's live like they don't edit it if that's what you mean that's true yeah but like i don't it's like every episode it averages maybe four hours but i would say i rarely ever got bored with it and that's Mm -hmm. a ton of content that's like (laughs) almost 200 episodes of four hours each jesus yeah Yeah, that's it's it's 
like it's ridiculous how invested I've gotten in some of this stuff. And the community is really great. Like the fan art people put out there, like it, ugh, like it opened my eyes to what fan art could actually be. Because you always kind of think of it as stupid half the time. But it's like it's <laughs> there's so like I don't know. It's just inspiring, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just the fan Have art and the show and the whole. No, because my style and the way I'm the way I draw it doesn't mm-hmm. really work in that. But it has inspired me to work towards that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So how do the how does a when a guest come in comes into this? How does that work? Can you explain that to me? At um. All? Well, they'll do it in some ways, like the basically just math through. Do they build like an encounter into it? Yeah, basically. Okay. It's be like okay. you're walking down the road. It, it's obviously better than I'm doing. I can never do it. <laughs> but it's like you just happen to come across someone who is like, if they're exploring a dungeon or a prison or something, it'd be like, oh, you came across this person. And like, luckily, they usually know there's going to be a guest. So they'll make sure to be like, okay, we'll rescue this person. And then the person gets to come in and be there for like an episode or two. It all depends. Does a, gu- does a guest like always die? Do they just leave no. their campaign? Yeah, they just, it's just random encounters, and they'll be like, it's like, they're there for a certain reason, and once they have, like, succeeded at that task, or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, the, like, the reason they're there, they'll just leave. It's, it doesn't, like, obviously, it's very, not contrived, but, like, Mm -hmm. obviously, it's, it's it's, it's intentional. Yeah, it's intentional, but it doesn't feel unnatural, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But they have some great guests on there, too, like, uh, John Hedder, uh, what's her De- name? De- Deborah Ann Wall was just on it recently. Okay, and that, yeah. it was like two episodes. I think it was two episodes ago. It was probably one of my favorite episodes just because it's all over the spectrum of emotions. <laughs> it's crazy. And they do get to fight some dragons from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> um, critical role. That's what I was going to guess Lauren was going to pick. Yeah, I I figured one of you would probably guess it at least because mm. it's basically what I talk about all the time now. <laughs> you would say you would still not venture. I recently well, saw a couple I will friends say from- that I don't have a lot of friends. So. <laughs> this is a great way to find some. <laughs> yeah, but I also have huge stage fright, so I don't know how well that would work out for me. Um, critical role, great. So that just leaves me. I picked a video game again this year. And while it's not as a huge ringing endorsement as my Zelda pick last year was. I bet I know what it is, but I won't say. <laughs> oh, I picked um, Celeste. Yeah. <laughs> on, um, which I played on Switch. I believe it is free on Am- uh, Xbox Gold right now. So you have no oh, excuse to, to not it play it. Um, go download it right now. But it is... A eight bit ish pixel. This is the one with the mountain, right? Yep, you're climbing the mountain, and uh, you die a lot, like thousands of times, as you try to beat each piece of a level. I think there's like eight levels, and then there's multiple screens per level, and you have to figure out how to beat each screen. Essentially. Um, it's all basically jumping and hanging. Or the, it's a two-button game, for the most part, I think. I lied. There's probably more than two buttons. But <laughs> it's, um, it's if you watch it a clip for two seconds, you get the gist of it. Just the way it slowly builds up the challenge. I was never once frustrated playing this game. And, like, there's literal stages where, you know, like I said, I was dying hundreds of times trying to figure it out. And I 
I just kept coming back to the gameplay it over and over and over again. I had fun every single minute of it. So on top of the, you know, the almost the 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 perfect controls of it all, uh, there's only a couple times. There's like one instance where I felt like the the level was fucking me over, like I shouldn't be dying, but I kept dying kind of thing. It's also incredible to watch speedruns of this game. Just putting that out there if you're into that sort of thing. The there's an there's a great story to it as well. Um, it's about this girl, Celeste, who is our was at the mountain. What's her name? I forgot her name. While you're looking it up, did you ever finish Cuphead? No. I wanted to do that too. <laughs> I was just curious how you usually handle games that you die a lot in. Oh, I usually am pretty good. That didn't bother me that much either. It was more, I definitely had more frustration with that than I did um, Celeste. this game, for sure. Uh, Madeline is her name, and uh, she's going to climb this mountain to, like, feel better about herself, and the game is about her, at, at very early in the game, like, this the dark version of you splits off, <laughs> and become mega madeline yeah kind of <laughs> and um the the game also i'm getting sidetracked there's it's not as actually it's equivalent to fez which came out five or six years ago and probably was my favorite thing that year that that came out it's one one of my favorite <laughs> video games ever as well they both honor they have lots of cool little nods here and there to old school video games. And this has a couple great secrets built into um, things like that. But um, You said Madeline's you wouldn't put this above Legend of Zelda though, right? No, 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 no. It's not close. But like I said, Legend, Legend of <laughs> but Zelda But you also is like, die a lot in Legend of Zelda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but Legend of Zelda, like I said, is one of my favorite things ever. So what, what, that, what can you do? Breath of the Wild, that is. Yeah. The story is her kind of dealing with her depression and um, her life struggles and figuring out what to do. And I, you know, I don't want to spoil it as much, but there's this great little story that accompanies it. Uh, her journey up the mountain as things get weirder and harder and darker. Not too dark. It's it's not. I don't know. Maybe it seems darker. It doesn't have a day-night cycle. <laughs> if you've dealt with depression, uh, that might be hit a little bit closer to home. I was going to say, people. this might be like eighth grade for me. I don't yeah. know if I can do it. <laughs> um, I've, but, I've had this spoiled for me, unfortunately. So I, I don't think so it's I'm very happy. spoilery, but it's it, it, it's a positive thing. And Spoiler, it, uh, it's actually a story about Sisyphus. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it tackles the subject and finds hope. And positivity without feeling false or, or you know shortcuts or anything like that the the way the game also just slowly adds the new element it just perfectly builds and adding the new elements like to how you're supposed to navigate each world or level um there you know it it it, it tutorializes perfectly how you're supposed to advance um, along the way. It also has an amazing chiptune soundtrack to it all that I play at rest time with my students a lot of the time, actually. And they seem to... It actually lulls them into a... Not, they, none of them fall asleep. They, they seem to enjoy it whenever I play it. The score is great. The level design is exceptional. There's going to be one more set of levels coming out this year. 
2019, which I'm excited to get a little more time with this game. And uh, the studio that made it, Matt makes games. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see what they do next. Uh, this is one of their <laughs> their earlier games. Yeah, if this is where they're starting, it's it's. I'm really excited to see what happens with uh, them after this. Okay, before we do some prediction fun, did does anybody want to throw out a couple of the other things they almost picked? Uh, I think God of War was up there for me and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Haunting of Hill House were pretty high for me. I almost did Haunting of Hill House 2. Then, but then the other mm-hmm. one, I almost did Shadow of the Colossus because I think that is how remakes slash remasters need to be done. Hear that, Final Fantasy Seven? Yeah, by the time it comes out, it'll be old graphics again. Yeah, they'll have to push it back. <laughs> they started the, it so long. Sorry, we're going to have to push it back to the PlayStation 7. That was it? That was the only other thing you I think so, like, seriously, about, there weren't a lot of movies for me. Check, mean, out, check out my top ten list I, for music. I, music, I really liked my choices this year. I really liked, uh, what did I say earlier? Churches, they had a good album this year, and uh, Kate Nash had a good album. So I listened to some music this year. But one thing I will say, it's, it, it didn't make my... Uh, it didn't make my number one album, but one that I want to shout out just because it's the one more recently that I've been bumping like continually. Uh, Vince Staples' FM is so GD good. And he goes for like a more... He means goddamn. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, a more... Now you're going tra- to hell, Zach. <laughs> a more traditional kind of like rap sound that you would be used to like his previous two albums he's he's really out there in terms of his sampling and that kind of thing but it's still just as good and also the entire thing being kind of like a concept of it's all almost like one continual song in the sense that it plays as if it was being played on the radio and like each song kind of transitions into the next and it even has like radio breaks and interludes and that kind of thing and sketches queens of the stone age did that like 15 years ago fine whatever um, um but it's it's also it's again like a great picture of i'm sure they like the life place. growing up in long beach and that's something that he talks about a lot with his lyrics in terms of like gang culture there and the negativity of the effect that that has on youth and that kind of thing kind of bummed no- none of us picked a quiet place just so we could finally hear zach talk about it well, I, have, I have one one other thing that i almost picked was not infinity war itself but um the snap i thought was just such a like that that rocked a lot of people and kind of the internet yeah itself. dumb people well no like even like even myself who i i didn't think it was gonna happen and I'm aware that it's definitely going to be undone for the most part, but the fact that they would actually leave a movie like that with the villain victorious... Quote-unquote villain. No, he's... Yeah, no, he's a villain. He's, he's the villain. He killed half half the universe. That's not... There's... I mean, perspective differs. Like, I... It's fine. MAGA. We, 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 we live in a postmodern world. It's okay. Let's hope John gets snapped and when it really happens... But um, it's. I I feel like there there hasn't been a moment in any of the the Marvel movies which have been these big things. Uh, has none of them have had like that kind of impact at least that I can recall really. Like not a single 
moment. That was that big. Some recency bias. I've been enjoying Dead Cells. I finally started playing it, and it's really good. Uh, uh, lots of dying in Speaking that game. Speaking of well. snaps, Dead Cells. <laughs> Dust. It's a, it's a funny joke if you think about it, guys. I'm. Whatever. All my intellectual fans out there get it. <laughs> I've hit a bit of a wall in the game because I need to get the last thing that allows you to like jump higher and stuff, but I keep going back to it. But yeah, Dead Cells, another fun video game that I played this year. If we're talking about video games, I'll give a shout out to Assassin's Creed. I know it's one of those games that churn, or a series that churns out a bunch of games, but I did really like the newest no, one. I've, I've I heard, heard great I've things heard about the latest one. About this one, Sparta is awesome because you. I mean, you get to shout "This is Sparta" a billion times while you're playing it. So, the only movie things that I considered was again kind of like Ben, like taking bits and pieces. I would say like the last 15, 20 minutes of Annihilation. Or um... I would definitely veto that one. <laughs> I will say that movie minus those minutes. Um, through the shallows of A Star Is Born yeah. might have been my favorite movie of the year. It, it's sad that the movie goes on for another hour, but um, I think I cried like four times in the first hour of A Star Is Born, <laughs> like all tears of joy, and then I was I was soulless for the rest of the movie. Zach, yeah, did I still you need find to watch the? That the critical kind of uh detraction or the criticism that it was getting for i think uh power dynamics and relationships and how that was portrayed did you relate to that or not relate to that but did you do you think like any of that was founded or did you think it was overblown i think that or? movie is being fairly properly assessed in the critical community um a segue this can segue into our predictions but this is a um this is is sort of based off a uh, uh, some completely unfounded and unverified uh, internet thing I saw over the last couple weeks, but um, people were freaking out because they googled like Hugh Jackman movies or something, and he was listed in Infinity War two on Google's um, <laughs> search for some reason. Like, there's no truth to any yeah, of this so people are just but what has that been confirmed though no that's what i'm saying like there's no i've never heard anything about it it was just some random blip in google i think but then a bunch of people on twitter freaked out about it but if they somehow fold in x-men verse with whatever shenanigans happen with infinity war 2 or endgame i guess as a name now um what if they fold in the existing X-Men stuff through that in some capacity and Hugh Jackman comes back as Wolverine is in it, that is definitely Ben's favorite moment of 2019, right? Uh, yeah. I would. <laughs> like, if, and, if, and if, like, at that moment it just starts playing, like, the main Avengers theme, I would probably rip off my shirt and start swinging it around in the middle of a crowded theater. <laughs> I would just lose it. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to bring an extra shirt to the end game. <laughs> um, 2019 predictions. Ben, are you just going to pick Last of Us 2 and Infinity War to end game or whatever? Is that going to be your so, pick? So actually, you would be, you might be surprised. Um, I thought about this for a while. 
you know, right before I was leaving for my, my holiday break, I was thinking it's either going to be Infinity War uh, or Endgame or maybe even um, the new Star Wars uh, Episode Nine. Glass. But then on Christmas, a trailer dropped for um, us, and I, I am so... Yeah, I am so unbelievably excited for that. I am more excited for that than I am anything else right now. More than Detective Pikachu? What did you think of... Where do you rank Get Out? I gave gave Get Out four and a half out of five. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, So what makes this more appealing to you? I do like psychological horror, but I'm I'm more of like a, a, a slasher slash monster... So you're feature. you're intrigued by the yeah, more traditional and, horror element of it, and Peel even called it a monster movie. But I think he's going to bring that that same creativity. Well, yeah, but like people can be monsters. Yeah, but I well, think he's I mean, yeah, bring, that's the premise. I, right? But I think he's going to bring some really creative stuff to that genre, yeah. that element. Yeah, of and the, I think I think genre. we've we've seen doppelgangers in movies before, so that's nothing. The, the concept itself isn't new, but the the idea of an entire doppelganger family being hunted by a double oh my god that just that sounds so horrifying because again to me it's like the reason the strangers is like I if if the witch had didn't have any supernatural elements I might put that above the strangers but the strangers has it's just people and that that distinction of like reality just setting in like it could actually happen but that's, that's clearly what not it... what's happening with us though us clearly has something supernatural yeah happening. but it's but again it's just like it's people like it could yeah. just be oh yeah. i see what you're saying so it's, but yeah. it's like it's that blend of yeah it's it's not it, it couldn't really happen but could a family hunt another family yeah that could definitely happen so that to to me that that seems like I am just so unbelievably excited for that. Mine is real quick. Uh, real oh. quick on that. Fuck, Always cutting you off. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. I'm cutting this from the podcast. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> John always bringing it back to Twitter. I think my pick would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the new Tarantino movie, Brad Pitt. DiCaprio and uh, Margot Robbie. And the cast is yeah. That's my move. That's my pick. I'm not picking episode nine because I have a very hard time imagining it can top episode eight in my mind, which I think still secretly might be the best Star Wars movie. Um, Come at us, internet. Um, still, uh, still episode five. I I can't wait for episode nine, but um, yeah, yeah, that's the only reason I'm not going with that. I'm surprised Ben didn't pick It Chapter 2. I, again, I almost thought about that, and, like, horror is my favorite genre, but it's also kind of like... Or Hellboy. But I kind of know what's going to happen in It, you know? Like, yeah. vaguely. Like, well, uh, we can hope certain things don't happen. I can, yeah, I'm really hoping <laughs> a, certain, a certain thing doesn't happen that, oh my god. Lauren and John, give us a prediction. Um... My super hopeful prediction would be Detective Pikachu. <laughs> but no, I'm no, that's, I'm that's most excited for Captain Marvel, probably. Okay, I hope they don't let you down. 
Me too. Lana, especially after Wonder Woman. You've earned this, Lauren. You deserve to be happy with yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, I, I mean, I'm going to say the same thing that I essentially did last year. Like, I think Infinity War is going to overshadow, like, a lot of things. Endgame, it has a name. Endgame is going to, uh, excuse me, sorry, yeah. Uh, but it is Infinity War. Endgame is going to overshadow a lot of things, but I think Captain Marvel is going to hopefully, like, sig- culturally or maybe significantly, like, move the cultural barometer on things. Like, I don't know. I, me and Lauren feel the same way about this. Wonder Woman was meh. And now I'm glad to see, like... A, a female superhero directed by a woman. Like, I'm glad that that happened. I just don't get why, why they're I not didn't... making as big a deal about aquatic superheroes now being all the rage. Because Aquaman <laughs> is the highest grossing DC movie of all time. But no one's excited about that. I liked yeah. it. I can't wait I to see it this week. It. Dude, I'm so it's, excited. It's... <laughs> this definitely sounds like a Zack movie. Temper expectations <laughs> is all I'm going to say. No, I, 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 hear an <laughs> octopus, I hear an octopus plays drums in the movie. I can't wait. I cannot oh, believe spoiler. you just spoiled that for us. <laughs> it's like telling me that Luke Skywalker drinks from the teat of a random animal. <laughs> <laughs> also, Z- Zombieland 2. I'm excited for that. Is that for sure this year? I have no idea. I was just looking at a random list. Okay. Well, I, mean, it's, I don't think it's been. Way, I don't even think they've started yeah, filming that to movie. Fa- to be fair, we all picked something that was, most of us picked something that wasn't last year. We picked well. all movies this year. Yeah. Surprising. Well, Last of Us Two. That was a we. That was a shoe in. Last of Us Two <laughs> will definitely be this year, and it will definitely be picked by one of you guys as your favorite thing. I guarantee it. Um, thanks for listening this year. We all really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to keep turning these out for another year or more forever. We'll see. Yeah, stay tuned to see if Ben and John become friends. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Never. Our first episode of 2019 will be a flashback to ni- 2009 for The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Terry Gilliam yeah. directed Heath Ledger's last role, I think. Yeah, because didn't, so. didn't he? He died during, during the yeah. making of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we actually all... went with one of my picks first instead of waiting like five months. Yeah, I did that on purpose. <laughs> I'm such a nice person. Meanwhile, mine are all going to be way in the back this time. It also <laughs> stars uh, Johnny Depp, Jude Law, and Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell along with... Yeah, I kind of felt bad about the Johnny Depp thing. Yeah, well, it's okay. He's only in one segment. So, um, yeah, go watch that if you want to listen to the first episode of our 2019 slate. Until then, I'm Zach Goldenberg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Goldenberg, and you can find us at middleofroad.com. Rate and review us places. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. You can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Road. I'm Jonathan Rahul. One of my resolutions is to actually use Letterboxd this year, so you can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> And on Letterbox at another Rahul J. Uh, I've got to go fix that on Letterbox, so like, hold off on that. Um, uh, speaking also- of fixing things on Letterbox, Captain America. <laughs> False. <laughs> I will never do it. Um, uh, and then you can also follow us on Twitter, our website on Twitter, where you'll get updates on when we post podcast episodes or written content for the website. And that's at middle of row, hashtag no the. I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees. You can find us on Tumblr at, what was I thinking? Middleroad.tumblr.com. That's what it is. 
Thanks for listening. Go watch Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road. Thank you.